Algar Productions. This show, as well as all the other shows put out by Algar Productions, now has a Patreon. For a modest pledge, you can get access to our show notes, see extra pictures from our cover photo shoots, and even get access to episodes of our show that haven't been released publicly yet. Seriously, for every one episode we released, we're putting two in the can. This ends up being a lot of bonus material. We've even set up a higher donation tier that allows you to choose a Terry Pratchett-related thing for us to review beyond the scope of the Discworld books. Go to patreon.com Algar, that's A-A-L-G-A-R, for more details. Thanks in advance for your support. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book six, Weird Sisters. That's that's weird with a Y. Yeah. It's a pune. Is it? Kind of. What's it a pune on? Uh, like, um, weird means fate. Yeah. With a Y. And weird sisters means witches. Oh. Okay, I was not aware of that. It's not it's not much of a pune. I thought maybe it could be a play on like women with a Y. Uh maybe it might be cuz he did equal rights, so it could very uh, it, it could be. And Granny has views. That's true. But let me let me first tell you what happens in this book and then we will discuss it. That, is, that is the natural order of things. Varence, king of the mountainous kingdom of Lanker, has been assassinated, as is the custom of royalty. But this particular assassin, Duke Felmont, has no particular love for the kingdom in question, and the kingdom, which is to say the actual kingdom and not the people in it, does not approve. So it calls upon three witches, Granny Weatherwax, Nanny Og, and Magrat Garlic, to set things right. With the plot of Macbeth. With the plot of many Shakespeare stories. Largely Macbeth. There's a lot of Hamlet, though. Yeah, there like sure, the, the ghost there dad and the... sure is. Yes, okay, you hate Hamlet. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> I wish we could. I wish we could get past Hamlet. <laughs> oh, I don't think Terry Pratchett draws on it a lot in future books. No, I just, overall, culturally, I wish we could get past it. Honestly, I mean, I am not one of those people who are like, ugh, Shakespeare. Like, I get it. I appreciate most Shakespeare, but I think as a culture, we can move on from, okay, can we reference something else? A and, different play, please. And to his credit, I think Terry Pratchett just got all, like, mm -hmm. did it all in one fell swoop because there's tons of Macbeth, there's tons of Hamlet, there's a bunch of other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. This is his Shakespeare one. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really, like, little bits come up here and there again, but this is really it. Yeah, it's, it doesn't become mired in Shakespeare. And for a book set in pseudo, like, medieval slash renaissance Back times, in fantasy times. Yeah. <laughs> Way but, back in fantasy times. But that, with a lot of references to what was going on in England and Western yeah. Europe in the period of the Middle Ages, the medieval times, and, and the Renaissance. Like, it's surprising that this is really mostly one book of Shakespeare. Like, out of 40 books, he could have gone back to this well a lot. Yeah. And he didn't. This is it. And I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. The thing with Shakespeare is, like, I like Shakespeare. I I have... I have views sure. on Hamlet, but uh, I overall I like Shakespeare. I like reading the plays. There's there's mm -hmm. a lot. They're not all amazing, but there's no. a lot of good ones in there. And there's a there's a there's a lot to sort of talk about there. But it's kind of one of those things like putting a good a good movie in your bad movie. Like yeah. like I to be clear, I like Terry Pratchett more than I like Shakespeare. Like I've read all I've read pretty much all the Shakespeare plays, but will I read them again? Probably not. Yeah, we're not doing um, an, a, a book a play by play analysis of Shakespeare. But uh Shakespeare was important to of all of literature forever. And it's one of those things like do you really want to uh do you really want to bring up the comparison? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, and obviously this 
predates what I'm about to reference by 20 or 30 years. But there is a uh, British show uh, starring David Mitchell as Shakespeare Mm -hmm. that we quite enjoy. It's called Upstart Crow. It's called Drinky Crow. No, it is called Upstart Crow. Drinky Crow. We want people to know about it and check it out. Oh, if they look up up David Mitchell's Shakespeare, they'll find it. I guess that's true. And... It makes it covers a lot of the same ground yeah. as this, and it makes a lot of the same jokes. Obviously, this book came first, and I'm sure a lot of these Shakespeare jokes had been made before and since. It's also made by the Black Adder guy, right? Um, but the Black Adder guy, who's actually still funny, like you figure someone like that many years later doing sort of a si- not the same, but sort of a similar. Oh, it's type a historical of, sitcom. Well, yeah, it's like, very much it's the same. Very similar, like different oh, characters, but same basic idea. It's gonna be real bad, but especially, it's really funny, especially since he deals with a lot of social issues. Yeah, and you would think, oh god, old oh, white dude. Here we go. And no, he's Quiet on the right grandpa. side. Of, no, don't. No, he's on the right side of a lot of things, and yeah. he expresses them well, and and it's funny. Yeah, and. This is to say a lot of what was in here reminded me of mm-hmm. that. And obviously, again, this came first, but I kept thinking of a recent thing mm-hmm. that I also enjoyed that that hit a lot of these same notes. Also, you wouldn't think David Mitchell for Shakespeare. Like, that's not sort of like the casting that immediately pops into your head, but he's so good. Well, they made him uptight and full of himself and yeah. pretentious, and that's perfect for yep. him. Right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> but It's fine. It's all it's fine. It's all demonstrably fine. Fine. David Mitchell and his wife, who sounds exactly like yep. him. Yep. <laughs> uh, but this this was like we've talked a lot about when does it get good because mm-hmm. that's a big thing that a lot of people talk about with this series is okay. Don't start a book one. Where do I start? When does it get good? Equal rights. I, I yeah, but then you got sorcery after yeah. that. So what I mean by get good is start here and then move forward from this point. Right. This might be the point. Like, there might be a dud or two after this that I can kind of remember, but this is a strong one. The next one I remember is pretty good. The next one is great. The next one is quite good. Like, yeah, Pyramids, I only, I've only i only read Pyramids once, and I remember liking it okay, but not a lot. So I'm actually kind of curious to, because it's probably the one I've read the least. Yeah. Like, I think I've only read it the one time. It made a good impression on me when I read it. It was one of the first ones I read, mm-hmm. so I had no baggage attached mm-hmm. to it, and, I, and maybe it hasn't held up. But my point is, if you want, like, where do you start? Yeah. This is a solid, like, this one's very good and it hits, like, we keep saying, when does it become the full Discworld experience? This checked all my boxes. Yeah, all this was a story about stories. Yeah. Which we both really like and it's something that Terry Pratchett does really strongly. Yes. Um, And it's got Granny Weatherwax being pretty well, she's pretty well fully realized by this one. There's very little difference between her in this and in Equal Rights, but there's enough of a difference. Yeah. Like, it's to me mostly her reacting to the other characters, mm-hmm. like having those characters to play off of. And we'll get more into that in a minute. And it deals a lot with issues of like human worth mm-hmm. and value and like the, the importance of like people in power abusing their power. Like he's, it's it's not as strong as some of the social stuff later, but he's already starting to touch on a lot of that. His themes are starting to show. Also, uh, Terry Pratchett is a bit horny on Maine in in this. Uh, He writes 
family friendly books mm-hmm. with a very good undercurrent if you know where to like if you yeah. read this at eight you yeah. wouldn't pick up on it but if you read it at 12 you absolutely would i i didn't really i wasn't really thinking about it um when i was reading these books like the first couple times i came through mm-hmm. but there's a lot of characters in these books that are sort of rubenesque larger women that are described as extremely desirable and that's mm-hmm. a current throughout the books that i didn't really pick up he makes some like pretty cheap fat jokes which i don't love yeah there's but... still a few of those in here but it's starting to go away and there will be uh there's a character later who comes in in the witch's books and i yeah. i really like her but it's a lot of real cheap fat jokes it is too. but a lot of that is her at her own expense as yeah. i recall it's a lot of it's less the narrator, the omniscient yeah. narrator saying she is objectively terrible mm-hmm. and more her in her own head saying, oh, I'm so terrible, which but, is a little better. Yeah, but in, but in this and like I say, in some of the later ones, we've got a lot of like larger women who are described by the characters in the book as like super, super desirable. And mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if that's a Terry Pratchett thing because it could keeps be. slipping in. It could very... Uh-huh. No. There, uh, Lady Felmet is the character you're talking mm-hmm. about, and she's the he's she's our Lady Macbeth yep. uh, analog. And what I wanted to talk about was again that theme of people in power because he's got this thing that he's so good at, mm-hmm. which is powerful people not seeing people like other humans or you know whatever beings. Yep, I forget in Discworld there's not just people, but sentient creatures, right? Not just seeing people as people, mm-hmm. but as things that are there or as to, a means to an end, right? Yep. And she very much fits that mold. And a lot of his great villains later will be in the same, like, they don't treat, they just treat people as objects to get to what they want. And Granny Weatherwax in a later book says that the root of all evil, the thing that makes Uh evil happen is people treating other people as things, not people. And And this is the first great example of that. And every other evil springs from that. Yep. And that feels like Terry Pratchett philosophy. Yes. And the the witches are the excellent counterpoint to that because they are so, like, grounded. They're Mm -hmm. so down to earth. They're so, like, their common sense, they're, like, yeah, they have magic. Mm -hmm. But really, it's about, like, nine times out of ten, if you're hurt, they'll just give you some water and say, this is a potion, and then actually put a bandage on you. Yeah, and then do medicine. Right, as, you know, Granny loves her headology. Mm -hmm. And... What I love the most about this story is it's the first time her worldview is challenged. Mm -hmm. And this is my good thing. It's another great story about the power of stories and belief. Like Granny going from theater is a stupid waste of time to this is an incredibly powerful thing that can completely change minds and basically change reality Mm -hmm. is such a good arc for a character who, you know, can't be having with growing or changing in her time of life. And she... uh... When she comes to the end, she still hates the theater, but she respects it. The just the the realization, and actually, I'm gonna just go ahead mm-hmm. and do my quote now because yeah, do your this quote. is it's and it's a long passage, so bear with me. But this this was very powerful, and I tried to trim it down to the to the essence of it. And it's like, oh, but this whole like, oh, sometimes I just want to quote the whole book. Let's just read the book to the people. And I, when we get to what a good idea. Why don't we just do Why don't we just do reading a book to people? When we get to thud. I'm just going to quote the whole goddamn book because, (laughs) oh my God, that touches so many like social buttons for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, this seriously is almost a full page, so bear with me. Granny had never had much time for words. They were so insubstantial. Now she wished she had found the time. Words were indeed insubstantial. They were soft as water, but they were also powerful as water. And now they were rushing over the audience, eroding the levees of veracity and carrying away the past. 
That's us down there, she thought. Everyone knows who we really are, but the things down there are what they'll remember. Three gibbering old baggages and pointy hats. All we've ever done, all we've ever been won't exist anymore. She looked at the ghost of the king. Well, he'd been no worse than any other king. Oh, he might burn down the odd cottage every now and then, in a sort of absent-minded way, but only when he was really angry about something, and he could give it up any time he liked. Where he wounded the world, he left the kind of wounds that healed. Whoever wrote this theater knew about the uses of magic. Even I believe what's happening, and I know there's no truth in it. This is art holding up a mirror to life. That's why everything is exactly the wrong way around. We've lost. There's nothing we can do against this without becoming exactly what we aren't. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. And she is a woman of deeds. Like, mm -hmm. Granny is always doing. She believes that doing is the only thing that there is. She's not likable She's not. at all, but she will always do the right thing. Yep. And people, like, hate her, but they yep. respect her because she'll always help them, but she'll always, like, call them an idiot while she's helping. They don't like Granny, but they need Granny. Yeah. And Nanny's the one to be liked. Yeah. Which we'll get into her yeah. in a minute. But, um... Her realizing that something that's not real and something that's not action is just as powerful is like more it, powerful. Yeah, it's 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 shocking to her, and it it does it shakes her to her boots. And the only thing that she can think of to stop it mm -hmm. is to finally make and it you know it's the play within a play like mm -hmm. Hamlet, and they're telling this new story of that the new king wants which is like setting the new history, which Shakespeare did all the time. Mm -hmm. He wrote propaganda for like the, the, the crown yep. a lot. And so that's a nice nod to that as well. And all she does is make the actors start saying the truth. She's like, okay, if theater's what these people are going to believe, then we'll just have to use it. And I thought that was a very good payoff. Yep. Also, the fact that the first part of the play is telling the audience that witches are evil. And scary. And then... When they're discovered on the stage and they're like, you know, guards, arrest them. Uh, you just told us witches are terrifying. We're not getting anywhere near that. No, what if they... Because the guards that come in uh, are guards from outside who don't respect witches. Yeah. They're mercenaries from outside. The of whole laundry. country grew up with these women yeah. and respects the hell out of them. And in the case of Nanny, loves them yeah. and doesn't want to do or any Or he's related to them. Yeah. Um, and so they bring in guards from when they realize that the guards from here don't. Yeah, this work, whole this whole country is sort of incestual, and there's no chance that we're gonna like break their hold on these. Yeah, people. they bring in mercenaries from outside, and those mercenaries don't respect witches until the play, and yeah. then they're like, "Oh, no, thank you." And it's great seeing the thing backfire. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, they do believe this propaganda, and it, we didn't think this out, mm -hmm. and very very good. I like that a lot, and. Like I say, that was my good thing. Just the whole, like, Granny herself is great. And she will always be great. Yes. And she is one of the tent poles of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You and I disagree. Like, you say she's the best character. Yep. I think she's the second best. Yep. But we both agree she's like, you know. Yeah. You couldn't have this series as beloved as it is without her. Yeah, it's her and Vimes, Vimes and There's a couple Veterinary. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah. and others I will probably rediscover along the way. Like, oh, right. I forgot this. This one's a linchpin that is just mm -hmm. sort of an unsung hero kind of thing. A flonk pin, please. <laughs> of course, a plambert pin. <laughs> He's never going to hear this. <laughs> um, so let's go through. Like we talked about in Equal Rights, mm -hmm. that Granny was kind of Granny, but she needs other people yes. to act off of, and. We have the the classic trio, the classic like uh, it's from Macbeth, but it's from a million other things. Yep. And she now has her supporting cast that really 
prop her up and make yep. her even better. And let's talk about that, because I know one of them is uh, is your good thing, strangely enough. Yeah. I expected to look down and see the other one, and I saw this one instead. So um, there's, there's the three of them. There's Granny, and she represents the crone. So mm -hmm. she is intellect and strength and everything cut down to the bone. Mm -hmm. she, and then we've got uh, Nanny, mm -hmm. who, Nanny Og, Nanny Og uh, Gaitha. Mm -hmm. uh, who is uh, she's the she's the mother, grandmother, aunt, or cousin to just about everyone in the kingdom. Yeah, it's great that he took mother sort of literally. Yeah. She had fifteen children, and then they had children, and they yep. had children, and half the kingdom is just related to her. Yep, and <laughs> she's while uh, I think that Granny's one of the best characters in the series. Mm -hmm. Nanny's one of my favorite characters yeah. in the series. She's, well, Granny's not likable. No, she's not. She's awesome, but she's not like someone you'd want to spend time with. Mm -hmm. Nanny loves to drink. It is very clear she has a very healthy sex life, mm -hmm. even very late in her life. Yep. She doesn't lift a finger because all her like daughters-in-law just do everything for her. Yep. She's got it all figured out, and she loves everything. And later on, we have outsider characters coming in, and they they come to meet with Granny because she's like the witchiest of oh, all. Oh, I of heard the witches. this was the power in Lanker, and but... that's true. But then they realize, oh, if you want to live a life that's not stripped down to the bone and empty, you can still be a witch in a different way that's maybe a more full life. Yeah. And that's Nanny. Yeah. No, and she's great. Nanny's in... good with people, which is its own magic. Yeah. And, you know, the whole point of being a witch is to help people. Yeah. And Granny seems to do this despite herself. Mm -hmm. And Nanny does it because she's naturally inclined to it. And I know people like that in the world who oh, yeah. genuinely like people and are yeah. good with them because they like them. And I've, I am drawn to, I am so drawn to that because I am not like that <laughs> that's at a, all. That's a thing you and I have in common. Yeah. But I love it in others. Yeah. So you have these two established witches, and then it's sort of like we have the new one mm -hmm. who is actually your good thing. Yeah. So um, she's just starting out. Yeah. We've got Magret, uh, Magrat mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Garlic, and she is the youngest of the witches. She just took over because the the witch she was apprenticed with died. Say her it's, name. Uh, Goody Wimper. May, May she, she rest, rest in peace. peace. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is a runner. Uh huh. Um, and. She is sort of a new age witch who believes like in the power of candles and the moon and all and bangly jewelry and all this kind of stuff. I like the first time through these books, I just didn't catch or didn't mm -hmm. it didn't make such an impact on me that she is really taking the piss out of a lot of like new agey, like yep. holistic healers and hippy dippy. And it's great because, yeah, that's a witch too. Yep. It's not just these types, there's also this type. And her magic, just because she believes in it, it works too. Like, yeah. it works just as well as everybody else's. Uh, There's a point in the story where she does something extremely powerful that yeah. the other two did not expect her to be able to do. And maybe they couldn't have done yeah. the way she did it. And they're so grudging in their respect, mm -hmm. but they have to give it to her. She's yep. like, uh, do, good good job with the states. Uh, they, they help get uh, Granny out of the, the nanny. dungeon. Uh, nanny, excuse me, out of the dungeon. And she just like moves the. Uh... She turns the she turns the door. She makes the door remember when it was a tree, right? And turns it back into a growing tree, which opens the door, right. the locked door. Yeah, and and they're like, oh, I, uh, good, Whoa. good job. <laughs> yeah. But they can't really say that to Harris. Yeah. They're like, well, oh, that was all right. I would have done the stones, but yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. all right. Um, which really means you did an amazing job. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is. Uh... She's a, a another character who's she she's in all of the witches' books, mm -hmm. and 
this book I thought was kind of Nanny's weakest showing. Like you get some some good stuff with her, but later on, uh, she becomes uh, I think a much stronger character. But I honestly I think that this is Magrat's best showing. She has a little more edge in this one. Uh, in the in the following books, um, she's mostly just pushed around by the two other witches. And this one, she stands up for herself more. Actually, stands up for herself, not just to. Uh, do what the the other guys say later and she has some moments of power that are not um, sort of jostled along by the other witches like later on mostly when she has these big magical moments it's because she's been manipulated into having them because when you're around granny and nanny not being manipulated is going to be kind of hard there was definitely still some of that in here and i feel like it was it was a real subtle thing it wasn't like a a a theme of the book or anything like that but there's definitely this slight undercurrent of nudging her my way nudging her my way and yeah you're right she had some moments of independence but i still got the distinct impression that she looked up to these women very much and didn't want to disappoint either of them but also she got to a point where she's like "Ugh, enough but in this one, I felt like she was more her own person than mm-hmm. in subsequent books. You also might um, be remembering wrong. Oh, well, we'll see. I've, re- I've read the witch's books, like, a lot. I understand, but you uh, usually skipped this one, you said. Yeah. And I think it's better than you remember. I was pleasantly surprised by Magret in this book, yeah. uh, compar- especially, like I say, compared to the other books. I'm, um, th- I'm very surprised to see you call her out as a good thing, and I bet you're doing that because you might not be able to uh, later. I probably, I probably won't. Um, but... Yeah, I liked I liked it. And it's also in this, she needles the other witches. Like she she, she notices flaws in Granny and points them out and has some sharp little comments. And I'm pretty sure we, that happens in later books. Too. Not not nearly as much. And usually okay. because Granny gets stronger and stronger as the books go, and Magret gets weaker and weaker. Mm, I think I disagree, but we will absolutely like now yeah. that we are consciously talking about yeah. it, we can keep an eye on that and discuss it as it happens. That's not my memory of it. You have read them more, but I've read them a fair amount and. You might notice different things, or maybe you forgot. Like, let's let's keep an eye on that. But uh, but no, I I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked her in this, and actually, I liked her uh, courtship with uh, the fool, mm-hmm. which uh, we were talking about. How in, there's very few good uh, good courtships yeah. in the series. This no, one it, actually was. This one was sort of sweet, and was, I was saw it. And there's a bit where they have to move the kingdom forward 15 years mm-hmm. in time. It's this big bit of magic. And this is going to be, this is like Granny's set piece. Like uh, everyone said, everyone, Nanny says that everyone, this is going to be the biggest magic. Everyone's going to be talking about this for years. Right. And we'll get more of this in later books, but there's already the comparisons to the infamous Black Alice, like who seems to be the stand in for every wicked witch in every fairy tale ever. But not just one. No. It's like she was the one from Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and uh, Hansel and Gretel. Like she's all of them. There's a lot of fairy tales that aren't as popular where the witch isn't exactly evil she's more of a catalyst that right. helps them along uh like she'll give them the the thing the the hero yeah, the yeah, things yeah. they need to get on and so in the terry pratchett books uh they say that she goes from being sort of just a powerful witch sliding into being more and more evil and mm-hmm. like doing like crazy bad stuff and how it's sort of explained in the series is that as she gets older, the the character of Black Alice gets older. She mm-hmm. starts doing more and more questionable things. Right. Uh, so that's kind of a nice touch. But I like that, like, I know it will come up again mm-hmm. later even more so, but she kind of looms over, like, Granny's very powerful and could mm-hmm. very easily become that. Yep. And she never does, but... She, she could. And this is one of those things. 
because you're not supposed to meddle. You're not supposed to control who's the king because then you'd have witches as kings and you don't want that. But, yeah, because magic destroys right, right, everything right. it rules. I mean, in that regard, they're the same as wizards. Everything yeah. else is different. Yeah. But, so they move the 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 uh, the kingdom forward in time, which yeah, you, like the you reason think. they move the kingdom forward in time is there's a baby who could be the king mm -hmm. and run the kingdom. Yeah, and he's out of the kingdom, so and they want him to be old enough, but they also don't want to wait that long. Yeah, because <laughs> because yeah. Granny can't stand having she like eighteen having years this. of yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, there's a, there's a cute bit where it's um. Uh, Magrat and the fools mm -hmm. first like they're having a little picnic in the meadow kind of mm -hmm. thing and uh, they kiss while, and while the big spell happens and they're like did the disc move for you too or something yeah. like that and it was adorable it was, I, yeah it was, it was cute I liked it like and you were right to call out that there are very few this is a good one though that's why this, I like yeah. I, I wanted to talk about it because it, mm -hmm. it is good yeah and uh, they will definitely play more with those two. Like, this book ends with them not together, which yeah. I was surprised because, spoilers, I guess, they will be together yeah. in subsequent books. Maybe the next one is their actual getting together? The next together? one or the one after. Uh, their courtship later on becomes insufferable. To you. Uh, yes. Uh, but I wanted to call out how much I liked it in this one. Okay. That's fair. Um, I like the fool. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. Um... It, it's an interesting thing. We watched, uh, there's a couple of adaptations, and, and we said we're going to try to do this. We can't promise we're going to do this every time. Depends on availability and, like, if we want to. But we want to try to see the other versions yep. of this. Like, for uh, Color of Magic and uh, The Light Fantastic, we kind of relied on our memories of those, the, the movies that they made. But, you know. Yeah. But, you know. And for this, there was an animated adaptation in the late 90s, and there's also a BBC radio mm -hmm. adaptation. And the animated one is rough to watch. Like, it's animated very poorly. But the script is really good. Yeah, they managed, like, in no other adaptation yeah. of, of Terry Pratchett's work have we seen they preserve the jokes without sacrificing the story. Yeah, you still got the great characters and you still got the laughs. And whoever was doing the adaptation really got what they were doing. Doing, yeah, which and they a actually, lot of the a lot of the adaptations really have no idea. Well, what the, fuck the, ra doing. the radio version was Oof. the exact opposite. There were no jokes. Mm -hmm. It was all like everything's that's essential to the plot, but nothing essential to the characters and no laughs whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the animated version seemed to understand. Oh, this is a comedy, and the story moves the jokes forward, and you don't have to sacrifice good character and plot for that and the design on the character most of the characters was quite good most of some of them not but the main guys the main sure. guys yeah, yeah like i i liked i really liked the look of the witches mm -hmm. um and uh the uh duchess the duchess look good too um and there's a couple other like but pretty, like pretty good but like well or howell or however yeah. you want to say it the the dwarf who's supposed to be shakespeare was literally just a short shakespeare yeah that wasn't very good no um the um uh, Tom John's father, the toller, yeah. the actor, yeah, was, was quite right. good. Yeah, yeah. Who, who basically should have been. He uh, should have been Brian Blessed, Brian and Blessed I don't understand Blessed. why it wasn't Brian no, Blessed. They did get Christopher Lee to voice Death, which was excellent. So good. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the the BBC version, the radio version, was like, "I'm Death. Hey, how's it going, guys? I just need a pack of matches. Yeah, no yeah. one's gonna get that. The one person who got it is laughing. No, that's me. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, but, uh, yeah, no, the, the, a lot of the character designs were good. The scale was all janky. Oh, no, so much of it was like, it's, it's painful to watch, but surprisingly the script really preserved, like it Mm -hmm. took what ended up being a 10 hour audiobook. Like that's, that's how long it takes to read the book out loud and crammed it down to two hours and kept the essence of it, which is hard to do. That's most adaptations of something this long coming into something that short ends up feeling sort of like bookends. Like Mm -hmm. this is a nice to have, you get to see your characters, like your imaginary friends running around Mm -hmm. and that's cool. And you get to see some neat voice casting, but it's really like, there's some things we've seen where we're watching them and we're like, if you hadn't read the the source material, would this even make sense? Yeah. No, I feel like that about a lot of yeah. adaptations of things. But this, like, if you took this exact same script, even the mm-hmm. same voice track, and just drew a new cartoon of it, mm-hmm. I think it would be excellent. It looked a little like um The Last Unicorn. Uh, more crude, but mm-hmm. that same sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I like the way it looked, but Where, yeah. like someone's trying to draw a straight line, but they have the hiccups. Yeah. I really, I like the, the look of that. <laughs> I do not care for hiccup art. It's but... sort of, um, I think it's like a seventies animation thing. No, I just, is. I just. There's the Ralph Bakshi yeah. stuff looked a bit like that. And some of that heavy metal stuff looked a bit like that. Yeah. I love yeah. all that stuff. I think it's, I think it's rad. I have a respect for it. But... but some of the editing was weird too. Um, because they were trying to move because they were trying to get through 10 hours worth yeah. of stuff in two hours. A lot of the jokes didn't have time to breathe. Like. They, yeah, would, no, the, they would cut off their own jokes the performers did a good job but then like you need to give it a minute to land and they just yeah. like boom. and like i'm all for fast paced but it wasn't like it wasn't that yeah it was but just it, it was worth this. watching like i it enjoyed the experience like i had yeah. just finished the book and mm-hmm. so i was like watching an inferior um version of the book yeah. would normally sort of be like oh this this sucks yeah. but i enjoyed the experience of watching it like we uh started it too late and had to go to bed and i was excited the next day to, to finish mm-hmm. it up no so i mean again it's it's real rough to watch but an interesting experience mm-hmm. if you're if you're interested in that uh whereas the radio version just oh just skip it just oh it it hurt me, and I I am an amateur producer of audio dramas, mm-hmm. and there were things in it that I could have done better. That the BBC, the pinnacle, like they invented so many things about modern radio drama, and it's like, come on, guys. There's a point where the Ghost King is running, and he's like, I'm running. Like, really? Yep. You couldn't just make footy sounds, or well, the, like... the point was he says I'm running, and Death says you can float, mm-hmm. and. What he could, what what they should have done, what I would have done, is have Death say, "Why are you running? You can float." That's it. That's all you would have to change. You wouldn't have to like restructure the whole scene. But ah, anyway, put down that gun, Shadow. Yeah, it was rough. Um, and and speaking of sort of like uh, tangentially connected connected things, we did the audiobooks again, mm-hmm. and Celia Emery was so on point. Oh, here. she's so good. I kind of I'm gonna miss her. Yeah, I like Nigel Planer, yeah. and later I will like Stephen Briggs as yeah. well. But for the witches. All her voices for all three so characters. good, so good. Her granny especially. Yep, I I'm gonna miss her when she goes away. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is her last appearance. Unfortunately, yeah. the next witch book will be read by Nigel Planer, and he's good. He's good, but I it's a character I really voice like thing. her. Yeah, I yeah. do too. She's very good, and she gave like this is a pretty big cast in mm-hmm. this one, and she gave them all very good voices, and I really liked it. Um, what else? Uh, I want to do our bad things. Oh yeah, let's do our bad things. All right, you go first. Um. This 
is a, this one's a little longer, this book, than mm -hmm. uh, some of the previous books. And I think that the third act was draggy. Um, mm -hmm. We do the uh, the play within a play where we're uh, trying to, Duke Felmet's trying to have a history change so that he didn't assassinate his uh, predecessor. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the play starts and they, uh, they're, oh, witches are evil and Duke Felmet's a good dude, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And that's sort of the framework around which the entire last act is based. So mm -hmm. we keep coming back to the play and we're not moving. And so we're sort of stuck in kind of this location and it just felt draggy. It just felt too long. Like it could have been, it could have been cut. Um, it, part of the, <laughs> part of the Hamlet problem too long. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And like, all the reactions to it mm -hmm. and like I didn't feel like we were running in place I feel like things were moving forward there there was good bits in it I'm not saying like it was completely like, it wasn't like unreadable but I read through the book super super quick like I finished I finished uh, I ate this one up like so yeah. fast and then I got to the end and I started like um I'll listen to more later uh, yeah no I, I get it um and my bad thing uh, I forget what it was uh, oh, there were a couple of points in the story where something kind of huge happened. Mm -hmm. Like, Nanny and Granny had a big fight. Like, and properly big. Like, like Granny... They've been friends for 30 yeah. years, and they were saying things that had never come out before fighting. But things that they had all... Like, when when they said these mean things, they meant them. Yeah. Like, it, it, wasn't, like it was something that you shouldn't say, but something you did think. Yeah, but it felt like they were caught up in yep. whatever was happening. Yep. Like, it wasn't entirely... Like, yeah, it was real. But it was motivated by the bad stuff that was happening mm -hmm. or whatever. And then it just kind of falls away. Like, yeah, there's a plot explanation for it. And then Granny or and then Nanny gets caught. And, and put in prison. They have to go rescue her. But there's never a moment where they acknowledge, like, they'd never apologize. Right. But whatever their equivalent of apologies is, like a nod, like the fight is over. Right. Something. There's, there's nothing. It just sort of never happened and it was such a big deal and these two characters have nothing in common no. except that they're witches yeah. like and, that's and the now only they have a thing. long history of yeah. things like this but, but yeah. when they were growing up together they weren't friends no not at all they've known each other a long time but they are and but they are friends they're, they're now. friends now but uh, they're all again they seem like they're only friends because they are, are both witches and they kind of have to be but i um, feel like they now like and respect yeah. each other i really do and as as much as Granny's capable of loving anyone, mm -hmm. I feel like she does love Nanny. And I think well, you're right. We definitely have fights between these two because of their differences in later books that are handled better and that are just, more it was resolved. Miss, it was missing a beat, yeah. is all. Like, I didn't mind that they fought. I, I minded that they stormed away mad and the next scene was, I'm here to rescue you. Yeah. Like, just, just address what had just happened. It was just weird. And there's another point where we get the big king reveal, mm -hmm. which, and it gets a little complicated, which I actually like. Yeah, because it's, it's all shakespeare -y. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And they put, the, the, the fool ends up being the king. Yep. But that all happens off screen. Yep. And it just felt like that, all that play stuff was supposed to pay off in the, mm -hmm. this guy is our king now. And instead we move ahead and gradually fill in the details. And it's not a bad device, but, both times it left me wondering if my audiobook was corrupted or if I tuned out during an important part. Like, I understand what he was trying to do, and I feel like he does this trick more effectively later, but this time it felt like stuff was missing. I like the um, the king. Tur it turns out that the fool gets to be king uh, just being cut and sort of hand wave. Ah, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's but you, fine. But 
you're right. It didn't quite lead into it well, we left, well enough. We left that play scene with, uh, we're here to tell you who the real king is. Yes. And then six months later, like, wait, what? And it felt like everything had been built to that point. Like, yeah. we had all the pieces, but it just needed a little more. I'm a big believer in, yeah, 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 you guys have seen this before. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Blah, blah, blah. No, and then it again, happened. a couple of lines. Yeah. I'm not saying it needed to be 50 no. pages longer. I'm saying it needed to say, here's what happened, and then. That's all. And, you know, like, I just, I felt like either it's a trick he does more effectively later, or it's a trick he doesn't do at all, but mm-hmm. I don't remember ever really being confused like that and it's not super confusion it's just a double take of wait is this the next day or did i miss and a bit we have run into uh audiobooks being corrupted before yeah. where like i had there was when i i missed a couple of pages and i'm yeah. like wow, wow what well what? these are these are very very old files that yeah. i have that i bought on audible back in the 90s yeah when... and then they came in like CD. Dot... They, they came in like each cd had oh, no, its no, own no, no. audio file well, there's, there's that yeah. as well I have a couple that I actually ripped from CDs that I owned, so there's also that. Mm-hmm. But the the a couple of these are from the Audible files that I seriously bought in 1999 for my MP3 player that existed before the iPod, mm-hmm. if you can even imagine such a time. And the, the files are still fine, but they're a little janky occasionally, and one of them was missing a couple of We days. had one that, like, was... A little, it sounded like it was a little slowed down, like just yeah, barely. It was, it was a little, and I'm like, does he have a cold? I think what might have happened is they digitized it from a tape yeah. that was running down. And this was way back before they cared too much about audio quality. Yeah. So. You already bought it, so fuck you. Yeah. Oh, uh, those uh, unabridged audiobooks yeah. back in the day, 50 bucks. Oh, they were expensive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it was like 30 and it was like, ooh, they're cheap now. I got them in like CD cases that like mm-hmm. came, like they were sort of crunchy plastic mm-hmm. and there was like 60 CDs in them. Yep. It's it's so much easier now. Yes, everything everything is better. Yeah. Tech wise. Yeah. But I mean, there was just a couple of times where I thought, oh, is my file messed up again? Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um I have a couple other passages highlighted that I don't specifically need to go into, but like I liked Granny putting on the crown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked Granny putting on the crown, uh, and realizing being a like being a king was not for her yeah. and then magrat coming in and saying oh the crown's trying to get me to put it on but i'd never do that because i'm strong uh-huh. and granny doesn't say that she didn't put it on yeah she's just like yeah that's yeah, a good that, idea don't put a, it on yeah good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think i will read this it's a short one yeah it seemed to fit granny drew herself up proudly and waved a hand imperiously in the general direction of the hearth Jolly well do this, she said. She beckoned arrogantly at the grandfather clock. Chop his head off, what ho, she commanded. She smiled grimly. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I, just, I like her manner of speech because it's always so plain usually and it's always so just like direct and to the point. But also there's just things she doesn't know about. Yep, that's actually my quote is mm-hmm. um, uh, Magrat is explaining to Granny what the theater is and mm-hmm. uh, because she went with Goody Wemper. Mm-hmm. May she rest in peace. Um, and so she says, You don't know about the theater, said Magrat. Granny Weatherwax, who'd never declared her ignorance of anything, didn't hesitate. Oh, yes, she said. It's one of them style of thing, then, is it? <laughs> we were listening to the first part of this audiobook in, on a car mm-hmm. trip together, and we both just like had to pause we it had for to a pause minute because yep. that was so good. And we were going to miss the next bit. It otherwise. was such a good 
just like mm, trying to wallpaper over the cracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's the thing is it's she does get stronger in later books and mm-hmm. it's easy to think of her as kind of a superhero, mm-hmm. but she has failings and they're always there and they never go away. Nope. And one of those is she just doesn't know about stuff and refuses to admit it. She comes from a small town, and until uh, until the uh, the next book, which is abroad, she's never left Lanker. Yeah. Like this is where she's from. So her her knowledge is ex- like her world knowledge is extremely limited. So if it's something oh, yeah. that didn't happen in Lanker, she's she doesn't know about it. But I don't think Nanny had ever left either. But she has worldly experience mm-hmm. that Granny doesn't have, mm-hmm. which we'll find out in, I believe, Lords and Ladies, mm-hmm. where it's like Granny's only ever sort of been in love once, mm-hmm. and then she didn't have time for mm-hmm. it, and it never came up again. And the world always comes to Nanny. Yeah. Like, information comes to her, and, mm-hmm. uh, like... Well, she's got this whole it, network of everything. Yeah, yeah, so stuff comes to her, and she's interested in it, whereas when Granny sees something she doesn't understand... She's like, no, I'm not. I don't. This is not part of my world, so I am she, not into she it. She can't be having with she it. She can't be having with it. <laughs> I don't even think that expression is in this one yet. It's yeah. just such a part of the character mm-hmm. to me. I just, I love, I just, I love all of that. I love like the way she talks. Like, just, oh, she's so good. She's just so very good. She's such a good character. I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, one other thing we hadn't really talked about. Mm-hmm. Going back to the fool, I love all of the stuff <gasps> yeah. about comedy being serious and how just how like there's a bit where his his really cruel grandfather Mm -hmm. is teaching him how to to be a fool and uh he gets punished for coming up with his own joke you can't come up with a joke you don't know what's funny who are you to say what's funny yeah and the fool's guild where you go to learn how to be a fool the most humorless place joyless painful just you're not allowed to leave the grounds. Yeah, and I will be honest, like a lot of people in comedy are like this and I'm guilty of this mm-hmm. more often than I care to admit. Sometimes I get so in the weeds of mm-hmm. is like almost mathematically funny, mm-hmm. is this perfectly balanced? Wait. Say it out loud, did it make someone laugh? No, it's not funny. Move on. Like but I get so wrapped up in that sometimes and I could see there are people like that. And I imagine Terry Pratchett as a comedic writer yeah uh this Knows is also people like that or maybe he has that tendency as well yeah or, where yeah. you you agonize over it like this many frames of the coyote falling is funny this chuck many jones had it worked down not. to the frame yeah. 124th of a second i am obsessed with that so good but that's not a very joyful way to live no, for someone who's making something that brings people that's joy true. you said uh it reminded you a bit of a character in upstart crow actually um, and I don't remember the character's name, but there's a um, there's a there's a comedian oh, of yes, sorts in the, the in the acting troupe that puts on Shakespeare's yes, plays. Yes, they do like comedy dell'arte. Del this this one this mm-hmm. one character, and he uh was he's very famous in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can it's, tell it's funny because it's funny in this book, and you wouldn't get it because he's so smart. And they even do some riffs on like jazz. Yeah, like it's where the it's where the jokes aren't. Right, where, where right. It's where the jokes aren't. Yeah, and and he's very pretentious yeah. and, and arrogant and god is so funny it's so funny yeah it, it really is it's it's one of the like there's several 
elements of that show mm-hmm. working in tandem and that's he's very good but it, it is similar, he's based on enough. he's based on kemp who is an actor that was so famous we still know who he is now um as like as a as a clown and as someone that was funny um but yeah he, he's he's written as this just insufferable comedy snob yeah it's very good yeah and and yeah there's there's a bit of that here and i don't know if we ever go into such detail with the fool's guild mm-hmm. like there's a lot of guilds and Ankmore Pork, and we'll go there a lot, but I we don't know. We meet the head of the Fool's Guild a couple times. Yeah, um, but it's part of like a round table yes. of like everyone. Like I don't think we spend specific time with and just him anymore. We, we talk about the uh, the members of the Fool's Guild looking over at the like over the wall at the Assassins Guild and how much and, fun they're having. Yeah, the Assassins like people. The Assassins they die it is part of their midterm. Yeah. but they they're like, well, it would be worth it to have fu- have a, even a minute of fun. Yep. Before then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there was there's one more passage I wanted to mm-hmm. read, and I'd actually considered this for for my main one, and then I decided against it, and I still want to read it because it's so good. Yep. This is this is just perfect. This is like this is when they're at their lowest. The play is happening. Yep. They're like, oh, we we've lost. What can we do? And Magrat, who's been trying to go with the flow more mm-hmm. or less, trying to try to keep things moving, like even when. Uh, Granny and Nanny are fighting. She's like, no, I'm I'm going to keep a sensible head about that. Like, she's still a fruit bat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's she's the most level-headed one a lot of the time. But here, she just... She's... Well, she's less caught up in this stuff because she knows... She already knew the power of words. Right. Like, Goody Wemper... Yeah, she had to tell them... May she rest in peace. Uh, she had was, to tell them what the theater was. She was a research witch who read and had more sort of world experience so the fact that this play thing is happening the power of words didn't shock no she's like, i told you this yeah, would happen. yeah but she still just gets and you don't see her angry very mm-hmm. often and she says witches just aren't like that we live in harmony with the great cycles of nature and do no harm to anyone and it's wicked of them to say we don't we ought to fill their bones with hot lead the other two looked at her with a certain amount of surprised admiration she blushed although not greenly and looked at her knees Goody Wempa did a recipe, she confessed. It's quite easy. What you do is you get some lead and you... I don't think that would be appropriate, said Granny carefully after a certain amount of internal struggle. If you give people the wrong idea. But not for long, said Nanny wistfully. So good. So yep. funny. That's such a... That's such a good joke. And the cap... Mm. Like the, the... the You know, when you're writing comedy, mm. not to get too serious about it. Fool's Guild. But putting the perfect button. Like, that's a pretty funny scene. Yeah. But... Nanny's line at the end is the punchline. It's like the, oh, that made it 50 times better. And the animated adaptation got that just right. Yeah. The timing was perfect. The weird editing didn't get involved. It was yeah. just like, ba-dum, 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 yeah, ba-dum. Very so good. good. Mm-hmm. The, the, voice, the voices they had in that were quite good. Yeah. Well, Nanny and Granny sounded too much the same. I disagree. Yeah. I, um, I really like Magrat's voice in mm-hmm. that, actually. They all had like the same accent, which From the I North. actually, which I actually kind of liked because no, I think it was like a West Country accent. I don't know. But I yeah, I'm not. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I know I can recognize distinct British accents, but I can't always say where they're from. Yeah, but they're all from the same place. Which on like most British things, if you want to make them sound distinct, like they have a lot of accents to play mm-hmm. with, but. What this did was they all decided, no, they're all from Lanker, so they all have the same they accent. They all sound which the is, same. I, that's, which, that's a good choice, too, actually. I've definitely seen stuff where I'm like, what what the fuck's going on? They're all supposed to be from this small town. Why are you Scottish, <laughs> and why are you, like, BBC if, English? If there was like, people coming from different places, yeah. but it's supposed to be a small town where everyone grew up here, so why do you sound like that? Right. Um. Anything else? Um. 
we can do our pu- our best pune. Oh yeah, you you chose this one, correct? Yes, I did chose this one. There choose? was there was uh, fewer punes in this one than there typically. There were a few. There there's a handful, but yeah. yeah, a lot of it was like there was a thing, and we're gonna see a lot more of this in yep. later books where uh, the 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 Shakespeare dwarf again she calls him Howell in the book. It's H W E L, which is supposed it's supposed to sound like Will. Oh. Like Shakespeare. Will. I actually didn't. I didn't know no, that. No, <laughs> I, I just saw something that said yeah. that this morning. Will. So that's what Got it's it. supposed to sound like. She said Howell, which is fine. Yeah. But um, he keeps imagining like mostly comedy bits from from our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. the Marx Brothers. And it's cute, but it's like, uh, do you have to put this in every book, man? Like you have your own great world. You don't. Our sucks. That's why we're reading your book. Most of the time when Pratchett brings in stuff yeah. from our world into his world, it flops. Yeah, and we're going to see whole books built around that concept. And uh, they there are some that are better than others, and there's one, Moving Pictures, which is one of the worst books he did. I thought so, yeah. Um, we'll see if it's worse than Sorcery, but it's 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 real bad. It's got better characters. It's I got know. better characters. We've got at least two characters yeah. that we like that we'll go back to. You know. But those are, tend to be the weakest books. Yeah, and then there's Soul Music, which yeah. basically does the same thing again. Yeah. Soul Music's better. I think it's about the same in yeah. my memory, but it's been a very long time. Yeah. I, I reread certain ones a lot, just like you, and yeah. there's some that I haven't reread in, you know, a thousand because years. Because I'm like, oh, I, don't, I remember not liking <laughs> that one, so I'm probably not going to read it again. Yeah. And then Hogfather's really like that, good. But, but Hogfather's... Like, without getting into too yeah. much specifics yet, is based around general, like, general the, ignorance. Yes, general ignorance. The um, the concepts are so old. Yeah. Like it's there's some it, things about modern way, Christmas, way, but a way lot back more. time, way back in fantasy times. Well, you know, <laughs> but like in medieval times, like there were probably i'm not gonna say for sure because i have no clue and everything i think is correct is not because you've just reminded me of qi yep but like you know the the solstice festivals and all that sort of thing like the, the, broadly speaking that stuff has been around forever so it's not so much a mo- modern pop culture yeah but they, they tend to be the, the the weaker books and every time yeah. he tries this is one of the few things that he tries to do a bunch of times that he never really gets that much better at no what i think he decided was it's better when they discover their own version mm-hmm. of it instead of and it is yeah yeah when uh like uh uh going postal and mm-hmm. making money and raising steam are all about concepts that we have in our world that were invented by disc people yep so they're different that are yeah or the idea of the clacks mm-hmm. which is their internet basically but it's more like semaphore yeah but again you can tell all the th- stories you could tell with the internet and, and early adopting to the internet but also never really break like oh we saw this magic just, portal to earth that yeah. told us how it worked no don't do that and that there's a lot of that and there was a lot of that here and i think that substituted for a lot of his wordplay as he thought that would be funny instead, and I don't. It's know. it's not really funny. At least they were um, mercifully brief. They were, and uh, I love particularly love the Marx Brothers so much. That that's just because you love the Marx Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. That even a, a, a half page digression mm-hmm. reminding me that they exist made me happy. But I still recognize that the book would have been better without it. Yeah. Uh, so what... anyways, um, so the uh, the new guards who came from out of country, mm-hmm. um. 
are ordered to go capture the witches mm. and they accidentally capture the actors pretending to be witches. <laughs> the 17 year old boys wearing very unconvincing makeup and yep. straw hair. Yep. And uh, so this is a bit of a long walk. So walk with me. Mm-hmm. Um, very well, then, my theatrical witches, he, the guard captain, said, you've done your show and now it's time for your applause. He nodded to his men. Clap them in chains. Just, <laughs> just terrible. Oh, it was very good. I was worried I wasn't going to get one, and then we got to the oh, there's end. there's always some. I was worried we weren't going to get a real good one, uh, and we got to the end, and it was real good. I think I didn't even catch that one. Yeah. Because I think Celia Emery just sort of read it straight and didn't, you know. Clap? Like, yeah. Do you get she it? She definitely didn't do that. Do you get it? Uh, So here's an interesting thing yep. for the cliche count. They're almost none. Yeah, this was this book was written differently than the other. There ones. was such a leap forward yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, this, there this, really was. Like this is the first, I would say, great. Yeah, Discworld book, which really surprises me. Looking at your grade, but we'll get there in a second. Yeah. Um. So gingerly, which has been used obscenely high amount of times in previous. So what, what was it? Many. Eight or. There was, last time. there was one that had like 14. That like, might have been the one I'm thinking. In, in the previous book, there were a couple of instances where it happened twice in the same yeah. paragraph. Too much. Yeah. And not in a artistic rep- re- repetition way. Just yeah, no, a, just he just used it again and again. Yeah. Uh, one time in this book. Yeah. There, there were two instances of gingerbread, which doesn't really count because mm-hmm. we're talking about witches. Yeah. And gingerbread houses are going to come up when you talk about witches. So... D- and they were specifically down. talking about Black Alice who did the gingerbread trick. Yeah, but uh, I mentioned that because in one of the previous books, I did count gingerbread because it was a pun. Right. Like, they entered the candy house gingerly or something yeah. like that. Like, ugh, <laughs> God. Uh, so one count of that, one count of surreptitious, mm-hmm. and zero on our other two things. Zero mm-hmm. susurrations and zero something that happens to other people. We were really close to, on, on something that happens to other oh, people. Yeah. He danced around it. And yep. trust us, it hasn't come up yet, but once he discovers this device, it will happen a lot. Yep. So uh, overall, what'd you give it? C+. Plus. Really? I loved the first two thirds of the book. I really, really enjoyed it. And I found the last third to be a real slog. It took me longer to read the last third of the book than it did for me to read the rest of it. That really surprised me. Like longer me. in time. I just, I didn't really enjoy it. I, it huh. just, it got, I, if, I was grading the first two thirds of the book. It would have been probably like a B or a B plus, um, but I just I could not get into the end of the book. Huh? Really surprised me. Yeah, didn't didn't enjoy it. Oh no, I thought this was like the first great one, and it's not perfect, and there will be others that are better, but I give it a B plus. I can definitely see that. Like this is this feels like the other ones had moments that felt like a Discworld book. Yeah, we're getting book. there. This is funny yeah. and these characters are kind of interesting. But, but this felt like a Discworld book. When I talk about why I love these books yeah. and what I want from these books, this is the first one that delivers all of those things. And if I had to hand you one to start you mm-hmm. to say, here's why, I would hand you either this one or Guards Guard yeah. probably. So anything else? Well, I think that's all the things. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Um, we are recording these so far ahead that I do not remember what month. I was about to say next month, April. Next month. Uh... This is this is number six, which comes out in April. So next month, May, May 15th, mm-hmm. will be episode seven. 
which, which is we'll pyramids. probably be recording next week. Oh yeah, no, we we are. This is this is early January yeah. for your reference. You're hearing this at you know, at the earliest in April, assuming you listen to your podcast immediately, which you you don't have to do that. You do. You don't. These books are long written, and the author is long dead, and you can take your time on our commentary. Whatever. No, probably rush. Probably rush to get it done. Okay. Well, that's 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 two possible outcomes yeah. you have to do one of them one of us is telling lies and one of us is truthful mm-hmm. it's her um i'm such a terrible liar <laughs> but uh may 15th uh episode seven we'll be covering uh book seven the uh, pyramids mm-hmm. which uh, as we've mentioned we have very little specific memory of i think it might have been the first Discworld book i ever read it um, might have been for me too actually i think that like i got into Discworld because our mutual friend matt Mm -hmm. said hey you're really really gonna like this and he recommended pyramids which he says going back he's like i don't know why i didn't give you i don't know why i didn't give you weird sisters i don't know why i gave you one of the witch books pyramids like mort is i do remember one of those completely standalone Mm -hmm. it's not the first part of a series it's not you don't really need anything going into it and you didn't need anything for this one either but there is some baggage there because you know later like these books whatever blah, blah 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 but i would say small gods would be a much better like here's a one-off. Yeah, that gives you a feeling for what the yeah, series. Yeah, without is it like. tying to much. Small gods, one of my favorites. I love yeah. that one. Yeah, um, I remember hearing Terry Pratchett. Like I, I was huge Douglas Adams guy, mm-hmm. and I still kind of am, but I've kind of like cooled on him a little. But uh, what I heard, like, because he never wrote books, like just he ever. Wrote, he wrote what, like two books? The over and over and uh, over again? He, no, he wrote two original books. Everything else was adapted from things he wrote in previous yeah. uh, versions. That is actually true. Um, but uh, what I had heard was, if you want more like this, but fantasy instead of sci-fi, try Terry Pratchett. And more That's of not, it. Not exactly right, but it's it's a good way to get you engaged, get you interested. Oh, funny, snarky, British, like intelligent mm-hmm. humor. That is also kind of nerdish. Yeah, all right, I'll check it out. And I'm pretty sure Pyramids... Oh, God, I don't remember what my first one was, but I think... I'm pretty sure Pyramids was the first one I ever read. I remember reading it without much context for the other books and enjoying Mm -hmm. it in and of itself, but I don't remember anything about it now. It's going to be an interesting... Like, after that, we pretty much know what we're in for for quite some time. There is a stretch of, like, excellent, excellent... Terrible, excellent, 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 great, good. You know, like and we the, know what the to expect. excellent books that are coming are ones that I've read like over and over and over and over. Yeah, again. after Pyramids is Guards, Guards, which is the first book in the series mm-hmm. that I prefer. This was the first book in the series that you prefer. Well, equal rights. Yeah, I would say which. Yeah, ish. Yeah, we, if equal rights was a witch book, yeah. Weird Sisters is a witch's Witches book. book. Yeah, exactly. But um, so we're coming up on like. A stretch of of excellent ones, or at least ones we know what we think. This, mm-hmm. this might like pyramids might be the last one where we're like oh, oh going yeah. in. So that that'll be an interesting uh, experiment. I haven't read um, the newspaper one in a really long time, but that's mm-hmm. a long time in the future. Yeah, well, well, for you suckers listening, for you for guys, us. it'll be in a year. <laughs> yeah. For us, it'll be in a couple of months. Yeah, uh, but that's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Algarwad and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2019. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcasts.com.